Welcome to episode 118 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who is committed to growing the best grass in Columbia City, John Scott Sloat. It's starting to come up. It's starting to come through. Have you done any treatments on it? Yeah, yeah. You do a crabgrass preventer this time of year. Okay. Um, and yeah, doing doing things like that right now. Nothing to fertilize yet. It's, mm-hmm. it's still waking up from its winter slumber. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. M- maybe you need to do a spinoff podcast on growing grass. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe I could get Scott's to do this for me or, totally. you know, you know yeah, get, get them some to, sort of sponsorship. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. There's a guy on YouTube I actually follow for lawn care. <laughs> I'm not, that is the least surprising thing I will hear <laughs> all day. So, <laughs> indeed. So what's going on, John Scott Sloat? Oh, my goodness. Uh, busy time of year. Busy time. Lots of travel. Uh, my wife's birthday is today, Monday. Uh, so celebrating yep. that this evening and, and over the weekend as well. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we have some speakers coming in. It's It's just a... It's just a crazy time here on campus. Yeah, April is always busy. Mm-hmm. You have the uh, um, end of the semester crush, the end of the year crush where people are trying to get things finished, projects finished, uh, events are being sort of loaded onto the calendar. And and yet at the same time, people are starting to make plans for the next academic year and that sort of thing. So And the summer. You and know. the summer, yes. You, are you te- you're not teaching anything over the summer, right? I'm not. No. Okay. Yeah, I've got two online classes mm-hmm. this summer. So, indeed. All right. So, uh, if you would like to get in touch with the show, you can find us on Twitter at V and S Pod. You can email the show various and sundry podcast at gmail dot com. You can also find us on Facebook and on YouTube. We would love for you to leave us a review and a five-star rating on whatever platform you access the show. And I think it's appropriate. We need to give a shout-out to whoever is listening in Virginia. Yeah, or a couple – it could be a couple people. It could be, yeah. 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 I mean massive downloads from the state of Virginia this past weekend. Or somebody who has their VPN set to Virginia. Who sets their VPN to Virginia? Well, if you're – I mean if you live in let's say – Some other part of the world. Yeah, and you have Major League Baseball television for instance. You could set your VPN <laughs> elsewhere so that it tricks uh, MLB TV to thinking you're elsewhere. I see. So you can get, watch the games. I see. OK. All right. Well, uh, we're just going to go with, with the assumption it, that this person odds is are they're in Virginia. located yep. actually physically in the state of Virginia. So, Or, or they're – out overseas and they want to get like American Netflix, yeah. you set your VPN to that's the true. United States. I have heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to pick somewhere, you know. Yeah, that's true. Why not Virginia? Why not? <laughs> I mean, why not? 300 some downloads from Virginia. Yeah, over the weekend. Yeah. All on Amazon Music. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably more of a deep dive than our listeners wanted, but hey. It's just fascinating. It, yeah, it is to us. Yeah. So, and yeah, it was like t- a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Marathon, for yeah, them. yeah, yeah, just a, a huge weekend. So, uh, speaking of a huge weekend, let's talk a little uh, NCAA basketball tournament. Sure. Any, anything in particular you want to talk? I mean, there's two games. There were two games. Yes. Uh, the initial game, Kansas against Villanova, 
not especially close. Mm-hmm. Kansas led by double digits most of the game and um, just looked like the superior team. Really not much um, – I, I guess that's not terribly surprising. I mean Kansas was a one seed coming into the tournament. So yeah. – uh, and Villanova was a two. But uh, yeah, Kansas looked like definitively the best team for for sure. Uh, but then the nightcap game, Carolina against Duke, the most iconic college basketball rivalry there is. Yeah. Uh, and Coach K – potentially Coach K's last game. Is his last game, right? Well, going into it, yes, potentially, yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, 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 I yeah, see. Yeah, I see. Um, and you know, part of the part of the interesting backdrop was the fact that North Carolina had spoiled Coach mm-hmm. K's final game at Cameron Indoor at Duke, and he made a speech after the game where he basically said, "This is unacceptable." <laughs> and yeah, that's going to be famous. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, you know, there was a lot of talk of revenge and such, but. Uh, it just didn't materialize. Carolina ended up pulling out the victory, and so think about think about the the kind of bragging rights you have. Oh, yeah. if you're a Carolina fan in that rivalry. Oh, absolutely. Like you ended Coach K's career. Now, I, I saw a lot of to do on Twitter about the Duke players walking out without going through the handshake line. Oh, I didn't see that. Did do you make anything of that? I don't know. I I'm sympathetic. I, look, those are very emotional games. Sure. And um, the whole post-game handshake, I, I am, I, I'm not opposed to it, but I'm also not like we have to keep this for the you know integrity of yeah. the game and the sportsmanship. It's fine. It really is. Like it's a nice touch. Yeah. But I, I'm not going to crush kids for you know in the in the in that emotional moment not wanting to go through and you know there's also the dynamic of carolina wants to celebrate right so sure. you know one team wants to celebrate one team just wants to get the heck out of dodge and so i i'm fine with that that doesn't really bother me i mean you know it's better than taking a swing at a, an opposing coach yeah yeah i'd say so <laughs> and it should be pointed out coach k and hubert davis the coach from north carolina did exchange a handshake after the, like immediately after the game like yeah so um yeah just uh hubert davis by the way seems like a stand up guy yeah seems like yeah. a really good guy i don't think i don't think i realized that about him yeah he's getting a lot of uh, a lot of attention and what's what's consistently noticeable about him is that he he will deflect attention away from himself onto mm-hmm. his players. When people try to talk about the job he's done as a coach, he immediately deflects to, well, the players are doing this and the players have bought in and the players are executing and that sort of stuff. Uh, and I believe he was asked a question about faith at, at, at the Final Four. <laughs> yes, he was. And, and it was done by one of our listeners. Yes. Um, yes. Interestingly enough, yeah. uh, who works in, in media circles and yeah. uh, was able to ask a question. And, and it, it went sort of Christian viral. Is that fair? Um, Among sports fans at least? I, I, I'll take your word for it because I didn't see it. Oh, you so didn't see I, it? I, knew, I know of it, okay. but I did not see it. So I can't speak to whether it went viral or not. But, okay. Yeah. I saw it several times on Twitter over the weekend. Props to uh, – to our guy. Yeah, yeah. C- can we claim him as a correspondent? 
Yeah, uh, I think a, I think a <laughs> podcast correspondent uh, to the Final Four. I agree. I like that. I think we should claim him as a correspondent. Yeah. Our Final Four correspondent. Yeah. Ask Hubert I like, Davis a question about faith. I love it. I love it. <laughs> we should probably notify him that he is now one of our correspondents. Do you think he could get it added to like his media pass? His credentials? Yes. That would yes. be fabulous. And then if we could get a photo of that. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should totally go for that. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be something. And a participator in our bracket challenge as well. Yes, 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 indeed. I didn't do well in the bracket challenge. He did challenge. not. Well, yeah. I, who am I to cast stones? I yeah. Speaking of the bracket challenge, so we should go through um, – maybe we should go with the top five um, finishers. I mean we can talk about our own performance. Uh, I, I had a dismal performance. I, I, I Quite frankly, I'm embarrassed at how poorly I, I performed. Um, I finished in 35th out of 40. Well, 41. Okay. I'm not (laughs) counting the person who didn't fill out their bracket. So – I I finished uh, 16th. Yeah. Respectable. That's respectable. Top half. Yeah. Yep. So uh, why don't you go to the top five? Yeah. I'm just pulling it up right now. Uh, You want me to start at five? Yeah. Let's do that. Uh, Danielle, uh, listener to the pod, I believe Fort Wayne. Yeah, she's yeah, in she's Fort Wayne. Fort, she's out of Fort Wayne. Uh, that was fifth, fourth. Though we should point out, uh, we actually we should back up because we're recording on Monday. That's right. And um, so we we don't know the results of the national championship game yet, even though the episode drops on a Tuesday. So by the time this episode drops, the results will be out. And I, I was just noticing, although she is currently in fifth, she is Kansas. If if Kansas wins, she will move up to second. second. She yeah. will finish second. So okay, either fifth or second for Danielle. Okay. And then uh, we have Mark in Indiana. Yes. We like Mark. Love Mark. Um, fourth place. Uh, third place, Jacob. I, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is either. That's, Although that's the, not my son. No. No. Okay. I, I, I don't know who that is. Uh, and then in second, Lee. I believe that's Lee from Milford. Milford Lee. Um, or is that – well, that could also be – Life Group Lee? Yeah, Life Group Lee. Yeah, he's in seventh. Okay. You, you yep. know that bracket. Yep. And oh, then, yeah, yeah. I see the, the descriptor. Yeah. Yep. So that, that's, that's definitely Lee from Milford. So he will either finish – second or third. Yeah. I think I've said this before. Lee from Milford uh, uh, had a yellow jacket problem. And after hearing me uh, talk about my yellow jacket problem, yeah. on he came to my office to get materials <laughs> to take care of his yellow jackets. And I believe it worked out really well. Yes. We are a full service podcast. Yeah. It was – I mean we're sending correspondence to the Final <laughs> Four. We're helping people with lawn care and pest removal. I, I, I mean our empire is growing. Mm-hmm. And the winner – of the bracket, regardless, regardless, regardless whether Kansas wins or not. Because he has Kansas winning. He has Kansas winning. Grant. Yes. Grant, I believe, in Indiana. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll get in touch. We got a couple of grants. I mean, we have an email address associated with this, I assume, so we can track him down. But we, I think we know who that is. We're fairly certain. Yeah. 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 We'll do some investigating. And, but and, congratulations yeah, to, to Grant. Congrats to Grant. And uh, – you have won 
a signed copy of any of my books. You name it, and I'm very excited to sign those books. Yeah, to <laughs> yeah. sign that book for yeah, them. We should, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we should both sign. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that that was fun. I mean, I, I I'm I, I love the fact we had forty. Yeah, people that, that was participating. Fun. Yeah. yeah, next year we need a few more. Yeah, no, gotta, I'd, gotta, I'd love to see 50 next year. I mean, maybe if we um, send our correspondent to the Final Four again. Absolutely. That will help uh, create some buzz. So uh, do you – I mean this, this, this podcast is going to drop after the national championship game, recording before. Kansas or UNC? Oh, man. I'm going to pick UNC. I mean on paper – uh, Kansas is the better team, mm-hmm. but man, UNC's on such a roll and they're yeah. playing so well. It's it's hard to pick against them. But just for uh, entertainment purposes, I, I will go with Kansas. Okay. All right. Uh, the only other sports thing, I mean, there's some stuff going on. The NBA season's winding down, but I wanted to give you a chance to give your Mets preview for the year since. Uh, this is the last episode before yeah, the start of the baseball season. April Opening 7th? Is 7th, Thursday, uh, which we have to – like. so one of the big things here on campus year after year is opening day baseball at Alpha Dining yeah. here on campus where they'll have hot dogs and pretzels and sometimes you know the local AAA or I think it's single A affiliate in Fort Wayne will come down. The and tin caps. The tin caps and uh, – and it's just a good time. You get a big bag of big league chew, you know, and uh, yeah, and try also, to recreate the ballpark kind of feel. Yeah, concessions. Yeah, it's one of my favorite days of the year. Yeah, uh, I know. Also, uh, Jordan from Jordan in Indiana loves that. Oh yeah, day as well. oh yeah, big, baseball, um, big Cubs fan. So that's something to to look forward to. Uh, the Mets overall, I think I think it's going to be a disappointing season if we don't make the playoffs. Okay, uh, so. We've spent money this offseason. We probably have, gosh, five or six new players just by free agency alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I, I think there's high hopes that we finish first in the division. Uh, however, the Braves in our division won the World Series last year. Right. So there's some um, like, well, maybe there's a wild card for the Mets in there if the Braves uh, are, are really good again. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think making the playoffs and making a, a run – um, if we're our, if our pitching is able to stay healthy, mm-hmm. I think we'll make a deep run. Yeah, I, again, I only catch bits and pieces, but I thought I saw something about Max Scherzer having an injury issue right now or yeah, being so, held out or something. So Degrom and Degrom uh, as well. Yeah, Degrom has a stress fracture in his shoulder, so they're throwing shoulder. Yep. That's, so they're that's shutting good. they're shutting him down for four weeks, uh, and then he'll begin to ramp up again, mm-hmm. and hopefully that that takes care of it. But we're I wouldn't expect to see him until June. Scherzer said he he has a tweak in his hamstring. Hard to know if he's going to be out at all. He's day to day. Okay, aren't we all? Aren't we all? Aren't we're we all. all. <laughs> we're, we're all day today. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, there. It's it's going to be a fun club. I mean, they. I don't think they've had a spring training game where they haven't put up more than four or five runs. So mm-hmm. I think they're gonna. The bats are going to be electric. It's going to okay. be a lot of fun. All right. And this will also be the debut of the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah. Yeah. What a weird – It's a strange name. Did you see the plaque on the outside of the stadium where no. it used to say Cleveland Indians and they just removed like the first several letters? <laughs> Replaced and, and I-N-D yeah. with G-U-A-R. 
And you know, you know, well, this I N with G U A R, yeah. <laughs> those things that are outside take a lot of take a beating, yeah. you know, and it changes over time. And you can right. clearly say like part of this has been outside for a long time. Another part of this is brand new. Okay. Look, folks, I'm from the state of Ohio. I have a soft spot for Cleveland, but that feels like a very Cleveland thing. Like spend the money to redo. Get three more letters. Yeah, yeah three or four more letters to redo yeah. it right. Come yep. on, come on. That's that's disappointing. So, all right. Uh, speaking of something that's not disappointing, what's our main topic for today, John? Uh, we ran across, and by we, I mean you, ran across an article called uh, No Christie Is Not As Bad As You Think. Uh, five statistics that reveal it's good for the world. Um, yeah. And, I mean, that's that's really what the article is. It's, it's five categories that we mm-hmm. – that there's a narrative out there about Christians and uh, the data points otherwise uh, against that narrative. So yeah, uh, we thought it'd be fun to run through the five and have some brief discussion about them, and then yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and I think you know it's easy to, uh, especially if you're on social media, it is easy to feel like. Uh, Everything about the church is bad. Mm-hmm. Everything about Christianity is awful, uh, whether that's from criticisms from outside the church or even from within the church. Uh, and I think social media lends itself to emphasizing issues. Some of them are legit. Like um, that, yeah. That's not to say that, that all these criticisms are illegitimate or have no merit. And even the article that we're looking at today – uh, you know, makes the caveat at the beginning. Not every local church is a healthy local church, and of course, mm-hmm. there are still issues. But um, it can be easy to lose sight of uh, the the good things mm-hmm. that um, that the church does within our broader culture. Uh, and I think it's it's helpful to to highlight these. Um, and so it's. You know, uh, this article seemed like an easy opportunity to do that. So, you want to get us started with uh, with number one? He labels these uh, cultural narratives. So, cultural narrative number one. Yeah, uh, that Christians really aren't pro life; they're just pro birth. Okay. So, how does that how does that criticism kind of play itself out? Like, what 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 are people getting at when they make that criticism? So when I, what I hear when I hear that criticism, well, first, I, I don't think there's wrong with more babies. I'm a big fan of more babies in the world. So <laughs> Easy I, there, Kevin DeYoung. Okay. I, 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 I think I am pro-birth uh, at some you level. You think you are pro-birth? I, I, I am pro-birth. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> but the, the criticism is we don't uh, – Christians uh, only care about uh, this political issue that's pro – being pro-life once – uh, you know, once uh, they get you know into school, they don't necessarily care about that. They don't necessarily care about them. They just care about they just care about getting them born. That's and right. then after that, it's this is the narrative. Then Christians are just like, well, good luck. I hope you can figure out how to afford raising this kid and caring for it. Yeah. And you know, so that's the the sort of cultural narrative that's out there. Um, and what what uh, what statistics or what evidence does uh, the article bring forth to tell a different story? Well, uh, he puts forward uh, the rates of adoption uh, mm-hmm. in the United States. So all U.S. households, two uh, percent of them do some sort of adoption, uh, whereas practicing Christians, five percent of them uh, do some sort of adoption. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. He also points out that uh, more or less just about any pregnancy resource center you come across has probably been established by Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, that's absolutely true. And I, w- I would add beyond that that most hospitals have some sort of Christian religion attached to them. Maybe maybe in history only at this point, but it, but at some point Christians cared about the well-being of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially private hospitals, uh, yeah. historically speaking. But uh, yeah, I think you know this is one of those where, and I know that uh, both of us are aware of uh, pregnancy, uh, you know, crisis pregnancy centers mm-hmm. uh, locally and in the region, and um, how they do a good job of you know not just trying to make sure that the baby is carried to term and born but then resourcing these new mothers with classes with all classes sorts of with clothing with diapers and i think you know the one that we're most familiar with here locally does a uh, a, a very cool thing where they if if a mom will watch like take little mini classes or watch some training videos, they get credits that they can use then at the little store in-house mm. where they can buy clothing or diapers or you know whatever other supplies they might need to help care for their for their child. Yeah. So um and I do think uh that's you know that that this is a reminder that uh for for many, many Christians this is not first and foremost a political issue. Mm-hmm. This is a moral issue to them. This is a an outworking of their love for God and love for neighbor by trying to care for those in these kinds of situations. Yeah, absolutely. You ready to move on to Let's number do it. two here? Number two. Uh, culture narrative number two, Christians are sexually repressive and anti-sex, creating a toxic purity culture. Yeah, yeah. So the whole purity culture thing um, – has become kind of a catchphrase for criticizing Christian views of uh, traditional Christian views of sexuality, um, and even uh, you know the 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 evidence put forward in in this uh, article, um, you know, is a survey that apparently this is from the Institute for Family Studies and Wheatley Institute. I'm not familiar with that, but uh, this is the summary. Church-going conservative Christians are in the category with the most fulfilling sex lives in America. Putting a premium on covenant marriage, it turns out, creates a relational dynamic filled with the kind of passion the world wants us to think is produced only by liberation from Scripture's, quote, outdated sexual mores. Yep. (laughs) Uh, I— I would I would like to throw a little bit of shade at purity culture. Like I think there are good intentions there. I think there were some botched, uh, sure, some botched programming, some over communicated messages. So so I yep. I do think some of the criticism of purity culture is fair. Yeah. Um, however, I I I think this is uh, I I think this just is further proof that mm-hmm. you know uh, couples that follow the biblical sort of foundation of uh, sex, uh, lifelong between one man, one woman, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it creates the most fulfillment over the long term. Yeah, and uh, this is where I, <clears throat> I think it's a it's an opportunity to give a shout out to our own pastor, mm. Mark. It's uh, providential that yesterday's message we're preaching through Deuteronomy. Yeah, 
And uh, the section in Deuteronomy 22 that he preached uh, had some really challenging uh, stuff on sexuality. And uh, he did a great job with that text. But one of the things he emphasized in there is um, – you know, I, there's a there's a balance essentially. That mm-hmm. yes, you can make some criticisms of what came to be called purity culture, mm-hmm. but the answer is not to abandon yeah. traditional Christian sexual ethics yeah. in in response to abuses of that. You know that that on the one hand, yes, you can talk about purity in a way that is um, unhelpful, that that condemns people and makes them feel you know. That if they fail in this area, basically all hope is lost and they've ruined themselves forever kind of mm-hmm. thing uh, in contrast to the gospel, which holds out the, the great hope that Jesus meets us in our failure and our shame. Um, and so I think uh, if you're interested in – really the first section of that, he, of that message, he talks about purity before marriage in mm-hmm. terms of uh, sexual conduct and uh, just – it was really good. So if you want to go on to our church's website, Christ's Covenant Church, and look for that most recent sermon, uh, I think you'll uh, I think you'll benefit from seeing how Mark handles that graciously, pastorally, but directly and clearly, I think. Yeah, and also from the pulpit bragged about his finish in our bracket challenge uh, being in the top five. So <laughs> if you want to hear that thrown out during the sermon as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just so. kidding. He, he did not do that. No, um, he's he's far too humble for that. Want to uh, go on to number three? Yeah, cultural narrative number three. Uh, Christianity is emotionally repressive and bad for your mental health. Okay. Yeah. So um, the th- this this he, he gives a list of several bullet points. Uh, the data shows church attendance correlated with less depression, less suicide. Less emotional pain medicators like smoking and substance abuse, greater social support, greater meaning in life, greater life satisfaction, more volunteering, greater civic engagement, and children more likely to grow up happy. But the next stat is the shocker if you look at that. Um, He points out that according to the Washington Times – Regular churchgoers were the only segment of the population whose mental health actually improved <laughs> in a pandemic-wrecked 2020. That's staggering. Yeah, that is staggering. Um, I, I would not have expected that. I, I might have expected that the uh, decline in mental health might be less. But to say that the improved – like I, I don't know. That, that just struck me as – So I, I was at a conference this last week. Um, and they had – oh, gosh, it wasn't last week. It was the week before. My goodness, time flies. Um, and they had a opportunity for you to come sit with different authors for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And so I had read uh, this author's book, and so I went and sat at his table. And he is an assistant provost at the College of New Jersey. Hmm. Secular school. It sounds secular. You know, yeah. you know it, uh and next to me was a, was an evangelical school who was kind of peppering him with questions about like, what do you think about this? What mm-hmm. do you think about this? And one of the things they asked was, what do you think about mental health? And he goes, you know what? There's a lot of problems out there. I, I can't unpack it all. He goes, one of the things that really helps with mental health that the research is showing is prayer. Hmm. Uh, that prayer 
uh, really, really helps mental health. And this is the assistant provost of a secular university saying this. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I thought that was was fascinating. Hmm. Yeah, that that is interesting. Um, yeah, that whole category of mental health is a, I think, is a challenging one for Christians to mm-hmm. to enter into. Um, you know, without getting on the rabbit trail too far, it's one of those where it feels like this is my take. We'll see if you agree. There's clearly something legitimate there. There's, there's something there's going a, on. Yeah, but there seems to be this tendency to try to lump a lot of things under mental health that probably don't belong there. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes this sort of blanket category of, you know, if you say something, you know, uh, that I don't like, you're, da- you're damaging my mental health. Mm-hmm. If you say something I disagree with, then you're, you're threatening my mental health, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. So in any case, um, uh, cultural narrative number four. Uh, Christians don't care about the poor, only political power. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's that seems blatantly partisan, right? Yeah. The, the, doesn't it? That that sort of that cultural narrative, not by uh, this sure. this individual. Sure. Um, and he points to a couple of sources where it shows that uh, Christians are more likely to give to the poor and more likely to volunteer. Regular attenders are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also think. This is a, a, an issue where uh, the cultural narrative says if you don't advocate for increasing government spending on programs that are intended to help the poor, then you hate the poor mm-hmm. when it might just be – actually, you just think there's a more effective way yeah. to help and care for the poor. And you know, the number of churches that uh, have – you know. Homeless shelters and soup kitchens and provide job training for those who need it to help get jobs so they can try to escape out of po- – like legions of those kinds of churches. Um, and so I think – As well as not-for-profits all over the place. Um, yeah. You know, non, non-government uh, situated like a rescue mission mm-hmm. or we have, a, we have a local homeless shelter here in town. Yeah, fellowship mission. That, that, I, that I believe just about every local church supports in some way. Yeah. And there's also uh, combined community service combined here, community which service, yeah. provides food mm-hmm. um, and, and other services as well. So, which and those are partnerships of local churches. That's that's what's what's so encouraging about that is those came out of local churches coming together and say, not any individual church by itself can really handle this, but if we partner together, we can. Uh, in, in essence, commission these this group of people who are passionate about this to serve people in those kinds of situations. Yeah. All right. Ready for number five? Let's go. Uh, Christianity is gender oppressive, a tool of the abusive <laughs> patriarchy and create ta- toxic relationships for women. Yeah. Matt, as a male, as a man, uh, how are you going to apologize for this? Well, I, I'm not sure I'm allowed to to say anything about this in light of the cultural narrative. As, as a white male, I, I'm not sure I'm allowed to, to to do anything or say anything about it. But, um, you know, again, this is one of those things where it's: are there issues in the church that the church needs to deal with? A thousand percent, absolutely, yes, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, one of the pieces of data. That uh, that this uh, author points out is that 
the data shows that church attendance yields the most enjoyable and least abusive relationships for women. Contrary to the narrative, theologically conservative, gender traditional church attending women. Wow. Let's say it again. Theologically conservative, gender traditional church attending women. I think we probably would call them complementarians in in, in that that description, are in the category of the happiest relationships with the least abuse in the country. Now, again, I think uh, in some ways that ties in with what we talked about the last two weeks with complementarianism and and that sort of thing. Um, But related to this, I I think um, that this is an area where sometimes – uh, I, I just find this the disconnect between the criticisms given of sort of traditional um, approaches to gender and sexuality within the church and then uh, our, our experience in the congregations and the churches that we've been involved in. Mm-hmm. Not that there haven't been issues, you know, of course. Yeah. Every church is going to have to at some point in our in our culture have to deal with some sort of uh, abuse situation or worse. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think that can overwhelm the narrative to well, see it's all about this. It's because of these traditional gender views that you're producing this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, and I'm sure that more could have been, been marshaled here when it comes to. Uh, these kinds of things. But, you know, and this is where here might be a a takeaway in my mind. If If your opinion of Christians and the church is purely shaped by social media, you do not have an accurate perception of the church as a whole. Now, you might have right information at points about certain individual cases or things or and but I just find for me the the number of times that I see criticisms on social media and stuff and I think I don't recognize that description of Christianity based on my own personal experience mm-hmm. in the church. Like I just don't. And well, that, that can be on cultural issues. That can be on political issues. Um, and not to say that, that those things don't exist. I'm not saying they're made up or fake news. I'm just saying you you can – social media is a great place for cherry picking individual things and then coding or and then casting this wide net of therefore all are mm-hmm. like this and it happens in both directions by the way mm-hmm. it's not just left to right it's right to left like it it happens all across the political and religious uh, spectrum I think yeah yeah might be helpful to get off social media <laughs> um, one one final takeaway maybe for this is I I love beating the drum of Christianity is good for society at large. Like, like I love articles like this. This is all um, very, very helpful to me and good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would say that the goal of Christianity is not primarily to make society better. The yeah. goal of Christianity is to make whole new people, right? Uh, uh, to, 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 to create new uh, men and women in mm-hmm. the image of Christ. Um, yeah, not primarily about this, but uh, I, I think at a at a thousand foot view, mm-hmm. making arguments like this is very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's it's good to be able to push back because there are plenty of um, critics within our culture that 
if at the most what they would say or, or I should say at the least what they say is our culture would be way better if if Christianity were relegated to purely the personal and private realm mm-hmm. and had no uh, no say in no participation in the broader culture and statistics like these help us to see that uh, when the gospel is lived out by God's people, it does produce uh, change, not just individually and personally, which that's fundamental, but it does change uh, neighborhoods. It changes mm-hmm. communities. It changes um, cultural values. And that's, that is historically dem- uh, demonstrable, yeah. whether you go into Africa or even other parts of the world where um, the gospel makes its entry and um, – Good things culturally happen, even for people who have no faith in Jesus. Yeah, um, you know, we have neighbors, a neighbor across the street who she is Indian. She's mm-hmm. a believer. Her parents are not, but they will say that the British bringing Christianity into India has been a remarkably overall good thing in mm-hmm. terms of education, in terms of healthcare, and those kinds of things. That those things follow. The gospel as they come into the in, into the new areas. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Speaking of history, it's time for us to move on to this day in sports history on April the fifth. Okay, April uh, the fifth. Yes. Um, in 1967, uh, 76er Wilt Chamberlain set NBA record for 41 rebounds. Yeah, that's a lot of rebounds. That's a lot of rebounds. That's a good week in the NBA, you know. <laughs> um, 84, 1984, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar breaks Wilt Chamberlain's all-time career scoring record of 31,419 points uh, and uh, gets to 31,421 points. Yeah, I, that barring injury, that's a record LeBron's going to get in the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, 93, 1993, uh, 55th NCAA men's basketball champion. North Carolina beats Michigan 77-71. Uh, Tar Heels' third title. Yes, and that was over um, – That that's the infamous Chris Webber timeout game. Ah, over the fraud, five. Fraud five, please. Fraud five. My, yeah. my apologies. Yeah. Uh, 2010, 72nd men's basketball championship. Duke beats Butler 61-59. Uh, Blue Devils uh, forward Kyle Singler, 19 points. I think that was the game. Wasn't that the game where Gordon Hayward took a half-court yeah. shot? Rimmed it out. And yep. banked and hit the rim. Almost Would have won it. Which Would have won it. Which would have been the most epic game-winning national championship oh, yeah. shot ever. Oh, yeah. Uh, and just last year, uh, the men's basketball championship Baylor Bears become the second seven second consecutive first-time NCAA championship 86-70 over previously undefeated Gonzaga. Yeah. Boy, we have a sh- – they're all the same, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Who do you like? <clears throat> I think if Butler had beaten Duke, I would have been all about that. Yeah, but they didn't. They did not. Yeah. Uh, I-, I might lean towards uh, the – Carolina over the so-called Fab Five. Okay, that's fine. It feels timely in the sense that 
you know, by the time this podcast airs, Carolina might be celebrating their most recent national championship. So let's go with that. Okay. One thing you liked? Uh, today, Monday, so the 4th, yeah. uh, marks my wife's birthday. So that's one thing I like this week is we'll be celebrating my wife's birthday. We did all weekend really. Well, all weekend. We studied a lot. but uh, Studied? Yeah. She's working for a certification oh, okay. at work. And you said we. Well, and I was grading. I okay. was grading papers. Gotcha. So okay. studying. Um, okay. We worked all weekend. Um, but got a chance to got a chance to go out uh, with my family. We'll go out with Andrew's family this next weekend. So yeah, my wife's birthday is this week. All right. Well, happy birthday to Mrs. Sloat, Doctor Sloat. Yes, Doctor Sloat. Mrs. Doctor Sloat. Mm-hmm. Doctor Mrs. Sloat. That's right. <laughs> yes. So uh, mine is the dropout. Now, not the podcast. So Are you watching the? Hulu I'm watching thing? the Hulu thing. Yeah, uh, we Kate and I watched uh, one episode yesterday, and it's got us intrigued. Like it's good enough that I'm like, this is going to be worth watching. I think, um, <clears throat> knowing the story from the podcast and the news reports, certainly uh, certainly helps. But um, that's on Hulu now. It is uh, TVMA. Now, the first episode. Only watched the first episode. Um, some salty language, not pervasive, but some um, in crude language. Well, that reflects just about everything I know about corporate America. So, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, all right, we have talked NCAA tournament action. We've talked the bracket challenge. So, uh, congratulations again to Grant. Yeah, and we'll be in touch, and we'll figure out which book. Uh, signed book you want. Um, we've talked about the fact that Christianity is not as bad as you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about some of the different positive results of faith in Christ that uh, that are worth noting. We have talked uh, North Carolina beating the Fraud Five back in 1993 and Chris Weber calling a timeout he did not have. We have talked about your lovely wife's birthday. Yeah. And we've talked about the dropout. So I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. And so all that's left to say is until next time, the Lord bless y'all real good. Later. Later.